sounds like you're all happy to see each other again. That's, that's very nice. Welcome. Tenakoto Tefano o Auckland Unitarian. Tenakoto na manahiri, no mai, hire mai. Hire mai ki tene fare karakia ate atua. Tenakoto tenatato katoa. Welcome to all from near and far to our sanctuary. It is said that ministers are here to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. It's an ironic statement, for I say we are all afflicted and we are all comfortable. May our time together this morning be a comfort and a confrontation. May we, may we here find peace in times of tumult. May we here invite tumult into lives of peace. May we here find calm in times of restlessness. May we here allow restlessness to evolve into action. Let this be a place you consider what, what you've never considered. Let this be the place you imagine for yourself something new and unthinkable. May this hour bring dreams of new ways of being in the world and move us to act. Come, let us worship together. Lighting this chalice reminds us to take from life its coals, not its ashes to fan the flames of love and justice, to join hands and hearts in common endeavor. And there will be no limit to what we can achieve together. Let us say together the covenant of our congregation. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is the sacrament and service is its prayer, to dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve humankind and fellowship, to the end that all souls shall grow in harmony. Thus do we covenant with each other and our God. I light this candle out of concern for our neighbors over in Australia, especially New South Wales, who have gone into a hard lockdown now. And for all those around the world who are faced with the Delta variant, and for all those thoughts and concerns in our hearts and minds that are
at Lyle, I'd like to invite our friend Paul. No. Yeah. Paul. <laughs> I'm getting old. Paul, come forward and give an update. Yes, this is just a normal third Sunday update. Of course, Shereen gave us a very interesting update with regards to the uh, preset uh, project, so I obviously won't repeat any of that. But uh, first of all, uh, the quiz on wheels two weeks ago went extremely well. Uh, Kay did an absolutely fantastic job organizing the fun and very educational uh, car rally. I mean, I've lived in the area for 30 years, and I've learned an enormous uh, amount about, about the area that I live in, and we all did. And habitats in the local region um, and at the event's end uh, were enjoyed admirably by all, and especially the hosting in uh, Clay and Rachel's natural habitat. <laughs> so hopefully we'll do another car rally next year, and even more of you will join in. For Dancers of Universal Peace, Sally reports that <clears throat> they had their Sunday night seasonal Dancers of Universal Peace and potlight gathering last Sunday night with 18 people attending, seven of whom were Unitarians, many giving it a go for the first time and wanting to come again. The spring dances and potluck evening will be on Sunday, 26 September, starting at 5 p.m. with the dances. All are welcome. It's great that Sally is able to organize these, and we, of course, encourage you all to attend. Brenda reports for Glenn Taylor School and Duffy Books and Homes that on the 9th of July, church members were invited to a special assembly at Glen Taylor School where the church was thanked by students and staff for our ongoing support for the Duffy Books and Homes program. Angela, who's here today, Gary and Brenda represented the church at this assembly and helped hand out the books to each class. We were also thanked profusely for our sponsorship in the Help a Kid to Camp campaign, uh, which many of us contributed to, and while there wasn't time to meet up with the children we had sponsored at the assembly, the principal, Chris Hurley, said he may be able to arrange something for later in the year. Our sponsors received wonderful letters from individual students that went to camp, and we were able to respond to these students by replying to the school address at the top of the letters that we received. The next Duffy assembly at Glen Taylor School will likely be in September. Uh, finally, I can report for Pacific Dyslexia Aid that we continue in our efforts to collect company laptops and hope to deliver them next year when flights are possible. Fortunately, both Tonga and Samoa remain free of community transmission of COVID. Tonga, with a population of just over 107,000, has administered close to 60,000 vaccine doses. Samoa, with a population of just under 200,000, has administered just over 100,000 doses. Uh, so they are well on their way towards vaccination, which is great. Like us, they continue to dodge the bullets that are wreaking devastation in so many other countries. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Our first reading today is to savor the world or save it. 
E.B. White wrote, it's hard to know when to respond to the seductiveness of the world and when to respond to its challenge. If the world were merely seductive, that would be easy. If it were merely challenging, that would be no problem. But I arise in the morning torn between the desire to improve the world and a desire to enjoy the world. This makes it hard to plan the day. Richard Gilbert goes on to say, I rise in the morning torn between the desire to save the world or savor it, to serve life or to enjoy it, to savor the sweet taste of my own joy or to share the bitter cup of my neighbor to celebrate life with exuberant step or to struggle for the life of the heavy laden. What am I to do when the guilt of, at my bounty clouds the sky of my vision? When the glow which lights my everyday illumines the hurting world around me? To savor the world or save it? God of justice, if such there be, take from me the burden of my question. Let me praise my plenitude without limit. Let me cast from my eyes all troubled folk. No, you will not let me be. You will not stop my ears. To the cries of the hurt and the hungry, you will not close my eyes to the sight of the afflicted. What is it that you say to save one must serve, to savor one must save? The one will not stand without the other. Forgive my preoccupation with myself in my concern for my own life I had forgotten. Forgive me and make me whole. I have a second reading that I couldn't resist this morning called Fierce Urgency by Ashley Horn. My four-year-old daughter has taught me this lesson. When a child wants to derail business as usual to curb the hubris of adults who dare believe in schedules and plans and productivity, one fierce little body and one clear piercing voice strategically applied to the right pressure point will change the course of the day's events. My comrades in organizing have taught me this lesson. What a silence people want to be heard to raise from dry bones a living, breathing dream of new ways of moving, being, incarnating freedom, one small, tenacious group whose hearts beat in rhythm, rising shoulder to shoulder against the inevitable, will bend, will bend the arc from impossibility to hope. Our young climate leaders are teaching us this lesson. When the grown-ups and the old movements are too slow, 
as the sea level rise and the hurricanes rage and the migrants flee and the corporations profit, one generation, both young and silent, refusing to accept an inheritance of doom, will take toward the streets and move us toward life. Blessing upon them as they teach us, organize us, beckon us, and call us out. May their fierce urgency and uncompromising clarity show us the path towards healing and freedom and hope. You may remember the movie, The Perfect Storm, that came out in the year 2000. It was about a real storm in 1991. A variety of factors came together to create a hurricane that was never named. In the Northern Hemisphere, hurricanes form in the tropics and move north. This hurricane started as a nor'easter that became a hurricane that formed off the Atlantic coast of Canada and New England, and then moved south, causing considerable damage and loss of life. The term perfect storm was coined by journalist Sebastian Younger after a conversation with Boston meteorologist Robert Case in which Case described the convergence of weather conditions as being perfect for the formation of such a storm. It has entered our lexicon to describe an especially bad situation caused by a combination of unfavorable circumstances. It certainly applies to our new reality. Two of the unfavorable circumstances are the recent surge in the Delta variant of COVID-19, and even worse, the growing but irrational desire to return to a pre-pandemic normal, as even more deadly variants are evolving. The normal people long for is a clear and present danger to ourselves and the planet. The normal includes our failure for decades to take climate change seriously. That normal is described in the epic, it's got a long title, AR6 Climate Change 2021 Sixth Assessment Report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released this month. Normal is beginning to look like the eye of a perfect storm. A recent News Hub article detailed Kiwi scientists' characterization of the report as frank and blunt, sobering and authoritative, and nothing but bad news. 
New Zealand won't escape the effects of the warming climate, were mentioned dozens of times in the report. Our mean temperature has increased about 1.1 degrees centigrade since records began at the beginning of the industrial age, with human influence the dominant driver. Decreases in snow and ice or increases in river flooding will affect sectors such as winter tourism, energy production, river transport, and infrastructure. And that's just with two degrees centigrade of warming compared to industrial times, which we are likely to reach in just 30 years at the present rate. So when little Ivy is 40, that will be her world. Fire weather is projected to increase through Australia and New Zealand, again with just two degrees of centigrade of warming. Snowfall is expected to decrease throughout the region at high altitudes in both Australia and New Zealand, with glaciers receding in New Zealand. Wellington and Dunedin, in particular, will become far more at risk of fires. The south and west of the country will likely get wetter, while the north and east dry up. Agricultural and ecological droughts will be more common. Landslides will be more likely in the South Island and eastern half of the North Island, thanks to total precipitation rates, precipitation intensity, mountain permafrost thaw rates, glacier retreat, and air temperature. And there will be a continuing reduction of snowfall in snowfall during the 21st century. From 2030, areas below 1,500 meters will likely go without snow for entire years as mean sea level rise is projected to continue for at least several more centuries, there is a very high confidence that this will lead to large increases in the frequency of extreme sea levels in Australia and New Zealand. Many New Zealanders were involved in the science behind the report as well as in writing it. One of those, Bronwyn Hayward, said that the report showed that things are getting worse much faster than the same report's 2018 report. The report doesn't put a precise date on when we know we have crossed the dangerous threshold of 1.5 degrees of Celsius of warming, but says unless we make far-reaching change, this will occur over the next 20 years. So Ivy will be 30, using average temperatures. 
This will expose many more people and our natural environment to even more devastating consequences, including intense flooding, storms, unprecedented droughts, and fires. Kiwi cities are particularly at risk, she said, as hotspots where the experience of localized heat and flooding will be more intense than global averages. This matters because cities in New Zealand are already home to nearly 90% of our population. She said it was time to stop magical thinking that technology would solve the problem before it is too late. Ian White, a professor of environmental planning at the University of Waikato, thought he was desensitized to alarming climate reports before sitting down to read this latest one. He said the emissions report, he said the emissions reduction plan the government is required to deliver by the end of this year will be vitally important but as skeptical authorities will act with enough urgency. At the same time as politicians in Wellington react to this report with concern, climate advocacy groups are suing Auckland Transport and Auckland Council over a long-term land transport plan that fails to reduce emissions. It is a sign that our institutions helped create the current situation. And action may involve new governance structures or fundamental changes to leadership, budgets, or sectors. He also pointed to locals who oppose efforts to make streets safer and better for cyclists and pedestrians over cars. If anyone is in doubt at the scale of the challenge, reflect on how hard it was to reorient just a few individual streets towards walking and cycling during the innovating street trial. Now do that to a city. Nick Cradock Henry, or Craddock, a scientist at Landcare Research said, Drought was now Aotearoa, New Zealand's costliest hazard, with economic and social implications for rural communities. And the report predicts things will only get worse, and farmers need to adapt, as well as cut emissions. Mitigation will be insufficient to address the changes in climate presented here to ensure sustainable long-term futures for Aotearoa, New Zealand. The report is a stark reminder of the need for adaptation. Adaptation will require strategic and even radical adjustments to practices, processes, capital, and infrastructure in response to climate change and must begin now. Sarah Mikola Fletcher said, New Zealand's strategy of offsetting carbon emissions with new forests will become increasingly infeasible. Models predict 
extreme temperatures and drought brought on by climate change will weaken the ability of forests and other green spaces to absorb carbon dioxide. This is particularly significant for Aotearoa New Zealand because our forests and land use offsets roughly a third of our total greenhouse gas emissions. Like COVID, climate change is affecting every country on the planet. Unlike with COVID, New Zealand cannot create a fortress that will protect us from its devastation. I know it feels overwhelming, easy to turn our minds off, defeated, and we don't have much time to do what we can. But Unitarians need to be in the thick of it. We are good at rabble-rousing. It is part of our spiritual DNA. We know that if we stand and silently watch the world go by, it will. Our Peace and Social Justice Committee is doing some wonderful work, we heard from Paul, on key areas of need in our community and in Oceana. But I would like to propose that we create, in addition, a climate action team. We have both expertise and passion to contribute. They would be focused on education both within and outside our community, creating alliances with other faith groups, treaty partners, NGOs that share our passion, and planning events to advocate for or to lobby local and national political leaders to take climate change as deadly serious and respond more quickly in the hope that we are able to weather this storm. If you're interested in being part of such a team, email me. You can go to the website and there's a form that you can just send an email to me. And I'll organize a meeting with all those who share your passion. And if you're watching this from far away from Auckland, thanks to Zoom, you could join the team as well. Blessed be. Please join me now in the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not by truth the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. My closing words. Do not fear agitation 
For agitation is the rhythm of life itself, to be put into motion, to be stirred. Do not fear the movements that decenter what you always thought permanent. You carry within the center of your understanding the compass to show you the way. Carry with you the love that will hold you, the vision that will guide you, the relationships to all beings, and the world that will ground you. Go in peace and in gentle agitation to stir this world to the side of love.